Go Your Own Way is brought to you by HCN, your source for original podcasts, videos, and pop culture news. Enjoy the adventure! Hi everybody and welcome back to Go Your Own Way, the podcast where we say things and you listen to things. <laughs> or whatever. <laughs> this is your host, Peter. Hi, and we have Peter. two other hosts too. I'm Jen. I'm Eric. Hi. I'm also a host. <laughs> a co-host, if you will. The co-host with the most? I don't know. With the co-most? Yeah. The co-most? The co-most. That sounds disturbingly close to comatose, which I'd rather not be. Yeah, but whatever. Whatever. So for our story tonight, I chose one. I it's a bit newer, um, so but it's rated pretty well by some people on ChooseYourStory.com. Uh, it's called The Lost Expedition, and it seems like this is a part one of a two-part story. And eventually part two will come out, so maybe if it's good, we'll play part two later on. I don't know. Maybe. Uh, So this is a story by Will Eleven. It says, you are a Victorian adventurer, a man who explores dangerous places and does dangerous things for the thrill of it. Following your recent expeditions of Africa, you have been invited to the island of Marco, recently claimed by the British government. Landing in the port of Victoria on the east side of the island, you soon learn why you are there. A party of 50 men, led by a certain Captain Donovan, have vanished on an exploration expedition to an unknown jungle interior. Your assignment is to find him and learn what has befallen his men, though you'll be lucky if you do not as well vanish from sight and knowledge beneath those deadly trees. So, this is like an old-timey adventure-type story in... Victorian times. So that's pretty cool. Fantastic. Yeah. Hopefully it'll be good. Um so characters. I uh had chosen to be Amazon explorer and all around slightly insane person, uh Percy Fawcett. Ah, okay. Okay. Sounds good. How about you, John? I think I'm gonna go with a vegetable. And by vegetable, I mean turkey. <laughs> turkey is my favorite oh. vegetable. <laughs> so, are you are you a gobble, turkey gobble. as in the bird, or are you a, a Thanksgiving turkey dinner? I am a Thanksgiving turkey dinner. Okay, it's always good to have food. Yeah. Um, I was gonna say that I want to be a plate of spaghetti and meatballs. <laughs> Um, but that would mean that. <laughs> so I guess I guess that's okay. That just means Eric has to carry a lot of food with him on his journey. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. like he yep. doesn't already. Right. Ooh, she's calling you fat, dude. <laughs> I am enormous. Just hauling a turkey around <laughs> in your backpack. <laughs> just keep reaching in and like pulling out handfuls of stuffing as I'm walking. And spaghetti. <laughs> Oh man, that sounds amazing, but I'm not going to do that in real life cuz uh society exists. So, <laughs> are, we, are we ready to start the adventure? Let's do this. Right. Bring on the adventure. All right, so we're starting at Port Victoria. 
Governor Henry Buford meets you in his office in Victoria, a bustling little port on the east side of Marco, and so far the only British settlement on the island. He is a gray-haired, wiry man who examines you critically through a pair of eyeglasses before speaking. I hope this would not be necessary, but we have had no word from Captain Donovan's party for three months now, and the foreign minister has seen fit to send you here. We have an expedition fitted out with the necessary supplies and weapons, and I have been told you are the person to lead it. I have read about your travels in Africa in foreign office dispatches with great interest, but I must warn you, this is not Africa, sir. Marco is far more dangerous than that. And Africa is pretty dangerous, so... Africa's pretty bad. <laughs> uh, we're up for a scary thing here. He passes you a hand-drawn map. West of the Port of Victoria, scrubby green jungle extends as far as a river that appears from an unknown point to the north and vanishes into an unknown point in the south. Just across the river is a building marked Log Fort, and beyond the Log Fort, all is blank. You are looking at our total knowledge of the interior of Marco Island. Buford tells you with a heavy sigh. This fort was built by Captain Donovan on his expedition, according to a messenger from the fort we received last week, who drew us this map. Beyond the log fort, we have no idea of the landscape. It seems that Captain Donovan and 20 men journeyed on west three months ago and have not been seen since. Is the island inhabited by natives, you ask, frowning at the blank spaces that make up most of the map? We've not encountered many, Buford says thoughtfully. The jungle itself is home to all manner of man-eating animals and apparently becomes positively swampy near the river where the mosquito and piranha thrive. I've never known a land like this for dangerous animals, and I've been to Australia. Your instructions are to proceed beyond the log fort, ascertain what fate has befallen Donovan's party, and return with a report. If he is still living, please bring him back to us. If you are not back in two months, we will send help. That's a long time to wait. Mm-hmm. They let him sit three months. We only get two months. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, you take your leave, promising to find Donovan's explorers or die in the attempt. Fateful words. Note, during this expedition, you must keep careful track of your days, explorers, and supplies. Okay. Your explorers can carry enough food for 30 days, but if you travel for more days than you have food, then your men will succumb to starvation. Okay, that makes sense. So explorers is basically how many days of food we have. Okay. Or something like that. We have lots of food. Yes. Explorers are the food. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Furthermore, there are 30 explorers in your expedition and a large number of dangers out there, natural and otherwise. If all your explorers are killed, then like your men, you'll become a casualty of this expedition. So basically, okay, so explorers are more of our health points because if we lose all of them then we die and if we lose all the food then they die all right let's begin our journey okay uh at dawn the next day your expedition gets underway all of your men are veteran british soldiers well armed with rifles and each holding in their backpacks all the tinned foods biscuits and water canteens they can carry Armed with a pair of revolvers and a knitting knife, hunt, knitting, sorry, <laughs> a hunting knife. Oh god, I don't know what a knitting knife is, but I'm pretty sure that's not what British veterans have. Um, it's what British veteran grandmothers have. Maybe. 
Uh, armed with a pair of revolvers and a hunting knife, you lead your men down the silent streets of Victoria and approach the jungle. Only Governor Buford has come to see you off in the secret expedition. He raises a hand in silent farewell as you pass. You know the log fort is almost due west of Victoria, just across the river, which has been dubbed by Donovan, with a remarkable lack of imagination common in Victorian soldiers, Frontier River. Uh, the coast bends round to the northwest, offering a strip of beach to walk along. The west is thick jungle, though the trees are slightly more spaced apart to the southwest. Knowing you have to head generally west, these are your three options. Which direction do you travel? Okay, so we can go northwest to the beach, we can go straight west into the jungle, or we can go southwest into the forest, which is not quite as thick as the jungle. Where are we less likely to die? We're probably going to die in the jungle. Um, yeah, I'm going to say that's the, probably the most dangerous. That makes the, sense. The beach seems like it's the safest, unless there's whales that kill you. <laughs> the beach also seems like the most out of the way, though, and that costs us days of food and supplies. That's true. <laughs> I feel like we're probably looking at jungle is the fastest but most dangerous. Yeah. Beach is probably the easiest but takes the longest. Yeah. And the lighter forest is probably like the middle path. Okay. I'm down to go through the forest if you guys are. That seems like a good average thing. All right. Is that okay with you, Jen? Yeah. What is What does Thanksgiving turkey think about that? Gobble, gobble. <laughs> gobble, gobble. Uh, So this says monkey forest Traveling through the forest You make good progress As the trees are well spaced Allowing easy walking between them Numerous tropical birds And a surprisingly large number of small howler monkeys uh, Swing through the branches overhead After three days during a lunch break You are disturbed by the sound of gunshots Three of your men are shooting at the monkeys Who gibber in fright And swing away Reckon they'd make good eating, sir, one of the men explains when you demand an explanation. I read that as a question, but it was supposed to be a statement, sorry. <laughs> so basically they wanted to kill monkeys for food. Yum. Uh, so we can let the men have their sport and kill monkeys for food, or we can order the men to cease fire and continue our journey. Hmm. Is it worth letting them hunt like i assume that costs us a day uh it might but it also means we get more supplies which is good because eventually because we're already down to 27 supplies versus 30 right so i mean do you think if we eat monkeys we'll get ebola or something i don't know (laughs) maybe we should not eat them just for risk of diseases or something yeah Maybe. Ebola is no fun. I don't want to bleed out of my eyeballs. It seems like a bad way to go. Plus, yeah. we have turkey. Yeah. Right? And spaghetti and meatballs. meatballs. God, it sounds so good right now. Oh, my but... God. Turkey and spaghetti <laughs> and meatballs. <laughs> turkey oh. stuffed with spaghetti and meatballs. Oh, that does sound good. It does. You made me really sad to think that that's not in front of me right now. <laughs> so, are we, are we not going to... Are we going to order them to stop them? Yeah, don't shoot the monkeys. We need to save our bullets for things that might kill us. 
Yeah, like people. Yeah. Um, you order the men to stop shooting at the harmless monkeys, and after a short rest, the explorers resume their journey. As you walk along, you consider your journey so far, and which way you should go now. Progress is going well. To the west, the trees remain well-spaced, while to the northwest, they are more tightly pressed together, and progress through that jungle may be more difficult. Which way do you want to go? Should we... we... It says it's... I think it says it's a little thicker, but do you think we should take that risk? It might get us there faster. Let's do it. Although that logic doesn't seem good. Yeah, Uh, let's take a turn. Northwest into the jungle? Yeah. Yeah. All right. (laughs) Serpent thicket. Uh Trekking through the jungle, your men use machetes to hack a path through the thick vines and closely growing trees. The jungle canopy stretching up over your head turns the sunlight green. Strange animal cries fill the air, and despite the heat and hard work, spirits are generally good. That changes when, without warning, a fire hose drops from a tree right in the middle of your party and thrashes about wildly. After a few moments of shock, you realize it isn't a fire hose, but an enormous black snake and is trying to bite your men. What do you do? We can order our men to shoot it with their rifles, or we can order the men to hack it to death with their machetes. Machete. I think machetes... Machete. Yeah. Machete. I think that might be better because it doesn't waste bullets. Machete. And it's cooler. Yeah. And I feel like it's much easier to miss a snake with a rifle than a machete. That's true. Alright, so let's do that. Armed with machetes, your men close in on the giant snake from all sides. Surrounded, it twists and turns in all ways at once, snapping first at this man and then another. Darting in, two men slice the monster in two, and both halves writhe in agony until your men chop it to pieces in a savage and bloody slaughter. Within moments, the snake is dead, and your men are splattered with blood but thankfully unhurt. The incident casts a somber mood over the party, however. Trekking on grimly, the jungle trees soon start to give way, and climbing a high tree that evening, you see that ahead of you, a river snakes its way across the horizon, the frontier river the Donovan's expedition crossed before vanishing. To the northwest, the ground is green and swampy, but to the west and southwest, it is green and lightly wooded all the way down to the river. Uh, Descending the tree, you consider your next step. So we can go northwest toward the river, which I guess it's more jungly. Um, or west or southwest for the river, which are both less wooded. Well, the swamp has mosquitoes, which is probably malaria, and piranhas. Yeah. Hmm. So, I want. Should we just go straight west because that seems the most direct route? Go All right. west. Because west and southwest are the same thing in terms of terrain. So. Right. Okay. Yeah. Let's go west. I think that makes sense. Yeah, let's do it. Frontier (laughs) River. You keep marching until you reach the Frontier River, which stretches away to the north and south. There seems to be no way to cross it, uh, but it does not look particularly wide at this point, and possibly you and your men might be able to swim across. Looking north up the river, you see the riverbanks become more marshy, while looking south, you see they become flatter and more rocky, uh, but there seems to be no crossing in either direction. Which direction do you travel in? Do you go north up the river, south down the river, or order your explorers to swim across? Hmm. 
I feel like we may have come to the best point to cross. Because it says it doesn't look too wide here. All That's pretty much all it says. And the other ones it said they're more rocky or swampy. Yeah. Because there's, there's nothing that really signifies danger here. Sure. Yeah. They're probably yeah. strong swimmers. Okay. Your men strip to their waists and, holding their packs over their heads, begin to enter the water. You have barely started across the water. The sentence would never begin that way. <laughs> uh, when first one and then another of your men give a little yelp of pain. Something Shit. bit me, one calls out, and blood begins to mist into the water. You catch a glimpse of silvery shapes flitting through the water individually before being followed by a whole school of little fish. Mm. Then the screaming begins. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, no. This is bad. What did we get ourselves into? Well, I thought some of the more dangerous stuff would be in the swamp, but... That was that my was thinking as well. A bad call, I guess. Piranha, the cry goes up and filled with terror. Uh, you and your fellow explorers splash and struggle as fast as you can out of the water. All the explorers, including you, are bitten at least several times by the tiny teeth and some a lot more. You see first one man and then another sink beneath the water, which turns red with blood. Three of your party never make it out of the water, and their bones are stripped clean by the tiny teeth on the river's bottom. Shaken but alive, you consider your next step. Subtract three from your explorers. Uh, So we can go north up the river or south down the river. So apparently this was not the right place. All right. Um, I, I would personally rather face rocks than whatever the hell is in that swamp. Hmm. I know swamps are generally considered not good for traveling through. Swamps are generally considered kind of dangerous. Because right? can't see what's in there. With diseases. And gators. <laughs> uh, so should we go south toward the rock area then? Yeah, sure. I think so. Okay. Trekking in the vicinity of the Frontier River after three days, you are relieved to find signs of human activity. Downstream, you sight a rough wooden bridge. Oh, okay. That's nice to know. <laughs> Which has been made out of hewn tree trunks. And nearby, a makeshift signpost pointing west reads Log Fort 10 miles. Gladdened by these signs of Donovan's earlier expedition, you lead your men gingerly across the bridge and follow the sign to the west. They really are not good at naming things. Frontier River, Log Fort, <laughs> Tree Forest. <laughs> Marching west for three days, you follow the signpost directions until you crest a summit and a small log fort comes into sight. Uh, you initially believe it is deserted, uh, but as you lead your weird explorers toward it, a dozen men clothed in rags and looking weary emerge from the fort. Their leader is a tall, middle-aged man with a receding hairline who looks gaunt but still reasonably alert. His tattered uniform is that of an officer. Lieutenant Williams, at your service, sir, he says, shaking your hand. Are you our relief? Who are you men, you ask? Williams indicates the group. We are the men who didn't go with Donovan up into the mountains, sir. There used to be more of us, but seven died on the journey here. Five died in the fort of fever, and one vanished walking alone outside the fort one night. We'd have marched back to Victoria in a few days if you hadn't shown up. We sent a man with a message there a month ago, but we feared no one was coming. 
Well, you see, like they they send help, but they take months to do it. So <laughs> doesn't doesn't seem that effective. Uh, now you have arrived, and you can have the fort, and you're welcome to it. All right. Uh, you examine his weary party. What about Captain Donovan? What news of him? You ask. William shrugs. The last we saw of him, he was heading northwest with 24 men toward the mountains. We've searched in that direction as far as the mountains, but found nothing. Where he is or why he has not come back, I cannot say. He would have run out of food long ago, and we've been surviving on the birds we shoot and the fish we catch in the river, and we're doing well until the fever struck. Lieutenant Williams' news is sobering. Conditions inside the fort are poor, and the survivors look in a poor situation. Your journey thus far has consumed a good deal of your supplies, and though Lieutenant Williams shares what food he can spare with you, uh, you are worried about your return journey. Nonetheless, your mission was to find definite trace of Donovan's men, and you know that you must press on. The next morning, you part ways, Williams providing you with wrapped parcels of fish meat. Your men are quiet and nervous as they watch Williams lead his gaunt survivors out of the fort for the return journey. At the last moment, Williams turns aside and beckons you toward him for a last quick talk. I hope you find Captain Donovan, but I should probably tell you that he was an ambitious man. If he thought he could cross the island, he would try it, or if he found himself in some other dangerous situation, his inclination was always to press on and chance it. He was strong-willed, decisive, and clever in a cunning way, so he could always get his men uh, to follow his lead. I don't know if you will find any trace of him, but if you do... Williams looks like he wants to say more, but he only shakes his head, shrugs, and turns away. Leaving the fort, you consider the second leg of your journey. To the west and northwest, two mountains rise out of the surrounding woodland, forming a valley between the two. Uh, the valley looks like the easiest approach, and from what Williams has said, it seems Donovan and his companions were last seen three months ago, and they were heading towards that. You spend a minute or two in the fort's gateway, mentally planning your route. All right. So... Mm. Like I said, we can go west toward the mountain or northwest toward the valley. The valley seems valley. like the logical course. Don't yeah. want to climb. <laughs> I want to be doing all the climbing. <laughs> That's but you have true. lots of tasty food to help you on your journey. That's right. Although, That's right. after eating a Thanksgiving meal, I don't think I would climb a mountain. I think I would just sleep on a mountain. <laughs> true nirvana. All right, so let's go to the valley. You lead your men through the trees until the ground begins to rise and you approach the mouth of the valley. By the third day, you find yourself between the two mountains. Uh, the one to the north has an ominous cloud of smoke hanging over it. Your men become excited as they spot a dozen goats grazing on the scattered sprigs of grass that grow between various rocks on the valley floor. Some of your men eagerly ask you for permission to shoot them. Yes. Um... Our explorers is 27, and our supplies is 17. Yes, kill the goats. Are we good with killing goats? Yeah. Let them fire at the goats. Uh, As soon as you give permission, several of your men snatch up their rifles, take aim, and begin firing at the goats. Three go down, but the rest move with remarkable speed, bounding effortlessly over the rocks, and soon vanish off down the valley. Skidding the kills... You find the animals are thin, so the meat is tough and stringy, but it is meat nonetheless, and wrapping it in leaves, your men preserve it carefully in their packs. You advance down the valley until nightfall before making camp and considering your route. The valley continues to the west while while the mountains give way 
to rocky ridges both to the northwest and southwest. To the southwest, you can see a stream of sorts trickles down the mountain, while to the northwest, the rocky ground looks bleak and desolate. You have still found no trace of Donovan's expedition. Which direction do you go? So we can go northwest to the ridge, which is the desolate rocky one. We can go west following the valley, which I guess is just the way we keep going. Or we can go southwest to the stream. Hmm. Let's go to the stream. Let's get some water. That sounds like a good idea. I feel like follow the water is a good strategy. Okay. Something I will point out is that uh, the guy was saying that, like, if there's something dangerous, Donovan will go toward it. So I wonder if, like, that means at some point we're going to have to, like, take the more risky routes to find Donovan. Maybe. But for now, let's go to the stream. All right. Marco Falls. You follow the stream, which trickles off the mountain's west flank, and it slowly begins to widen as it is joined by other waters until it becomes a fast-flowing river that drops down several precipitous-looking rock ledges to make a series of waterfalls. It looks like dangerous climbing, but going around the waterfalls to the south or the north would probably take up more of your valuable time and diminishing supplies. So we can order our men to climb down the rock ledges or find a way around. Find a way around. Oh, you want to climb? I want to climb. (laughs) Well, I guess we gotta work off all that turkey. I just had this image, Eric, (laughs) of you like being a hardcore rock climber, and you just have a huge like turkey leg sticking out of your. (laughs) (laughs) I can kind of go either way on this. You're the deciding Mm -hmm. vote here, man. Let's climb, I guess, just for the hell of it. All right. You only climb once. That's right. Especially if you fall and die. Your men bravely climb with their hands and feet down the ledges, and miraculously, the descent passes without mishap until you reach the the last and biggest waterfall, which falls for nearly 100 meters. Every precaution is taken, but the rocks are treacherous. Without warning, uh, one great boulder suddenly breaks free from the mountainside and plunges into the water with a colossal splash, taking with it three of your men who were clinging to it. Uh, the water flares red for a brief moment before the blood is washed away by the fast-moving waters. The sudden and violent death of your companions shocks you and your remaining men, and the rest of the descent is made with great care. You camp a short way from the pool, and during the night you are startled to see to the north, just where the valley meets the thick forest of trees, the twinkling flames of several orange lights. They are campfires, and the next morning you lead your men down uh, the last of the mountain slope toward them. Mm. So our explorers is down to 24, FYI, and our supplies is 17. All right. You descend down toward where the li- fire lights were seen the previous night, entering thick, steamy jungle. Ooh, thick and steamy. <laughs> <laughs> that was really creepy. I apologize. <laughs> I'm never doing that again. Mm-hmm. Where the trees grow closely together. As you walk, uh, the air presses in hotly around you and you sweat heavily despite your light clothes. In the middle of the afternoon, the trees suddenly give way before you and to your surprise, you find a man-made clearing opening up ahead. In the middle of the clearing are several roughly hewn log cabins that appear deserted. The most amazing thing is that the cabins look like European constructions. 
It's Donovan's camp, one of your men cries out. And before you can stop them, your men break into a run and burst from the trees, racing toward the cabin. Without warning, gunshots start suddenly ring out from the cabins and several of your men go down. Shit. Oh no. Damn. Screaming dark-skinned warriors covered in brightly colored paint and swinging brutal-looking wooden and stone clubs burst from the cabins and race toward your men. Crap. Fall back, you shout, but your surviving men are already running back to safety of the tree line, leaving three of their number dead on the ground. How convenient is it that there's always three people that die at a time? Right? Yeah. It's weird. Fire at will, you shout, drawing your pistols, and a deafening volley of rifle fire bursts out of the trees. A dozen warriors go down, and the rest immediately check, turn, and run, shouting strange cries back toward their cabins. Reload, you order, as a series of clicks and clacks are made as the men follow your order. The natives are milling around in the cabins, apparently in some confusion. It seems that some are fighting amongst themselves. Before your amazed eyes, a dozen white men, wearing the tattered red remnants of British infantry uniforms, run toward your men. They are shouting and throwing aside their rifles as they run, but the natives are howling and racing after them, clubbing the slowest to the ground and smashing their skulls in. Those British boys shot at us, one of your men exclaims in amazement, and some of your men call out angrily. The white, the white fugitives and their native pursuers are getting closer to your men every second. What do you do? So there's natives and white people uh, <laughs> joining together at last in the fight against more white people, possibly. So we can order our men to fire a second volley. Or we can order the men to fix bayonets, which might be the better option. I mean, we do want to save as many white lives as possible, right? God damn it. (laughs) (laughs) That's clearly the choice we're being presented with. (laughs) Do you want to kill the white people, the brown people, or all the people? (laughs) Oh, so is the bayonets more appropriate for like the natives and the... The guns are more appropriate for the... I assume a second volley will be, like, it'll just kill the white people because they're in front. Whereas bayonets will wait for the white people to get to us, protect them, and kill the natives. This is my guess. So we should fix the bayonets then? Yeah. Okay. Any objections, Jen? No. Let's do that. Fix bayonets, you shout. With a rattle of metal on metal, your men quickly screw the weapons into position. The sight of the steel uh, makes absolutely no impression on the natives. The few white men who manage to outrun their pursuers burst through your ranks, and a moment later, the natives attack, swinging their vicious clubs. Almost instinctively, your men fire a volley, shooting down several natives, but not before they have clubbed three of your men, shattering their skulls to bits. Terrific. At the first volley, the surviving natives turn and run with tremendous speed back to the cabins. Cease fire, you order, and glance at the fugitives who have joined you. Just three white men have escaped the natives' vengeance, and they stand among your explorers, panting and shaking with terror. Back at the cabins, the natives are shouting and yelling angrily, but show no inclination to attack again. Between 20 and 30 bodies, white and black, lie scattered in the grassy clearing between your men and the cabins. Some still moving or crawling feebly. Reload, you order, but the natives show no wish to continue the fight. 
After a few moments of confusion, they run west in a great crowd of at least 50 men and vanish through the trees directly opposite you. Your men cautiously advance from the trees toward the cabins, rifles held at the ready. The surviving wounded are finished off uh, before you reach the cabins. Turning to your three white prisoners, you raise your eyebrows. I think you have some explaining to do, you tell them. Lucy, you got some explaining to do. (laughs) (laughs) Sitting on a tree trunk, you survey your three prisoners with a loaded pistol in each hand while your men cautiously explore the camp. Why did you fire on us and kill three of my companions, you demand of the terrified men? Sir, you have no idea of the hell we have been through in the last three months, the designated spokesman of the trio declares. Captain Donovan, he's gone insane. The Yantu think we're gods, and they think that he is the chief god of all. He lives in their sacred temple in New Paradise now, and has given orders that any white man who comes looking for him should be killed as soon as they set foot this side of the mountains. You take a moment to absorb this news and glance round to see your fellow explorers have crowded round and staring with open mouths. Why do the Yantu think you are gods and where is this new paradise, you demand? It all started when we first arrived, the talkative deserter says eagerly. Two of our men died of fever crossing the mountains and when we came here, the Yantu attacked us. We shot a dozen and the rest were terrified. They've never seen guns before. It seemed like magic to them. Eventually, some approached Donovan, and by drawing pictures in the dirt, he told them we were gods. <laughs> they, that's pretty smart, I guess. Uh, they loved us after that and took us to New Paradise. New Paradise is their village about a few days' march to the southwest on the seashore where several hundred Yantu live. They have a temple there where special plants grow, and it had been sealed because before these plants caused a lot of fighting, Uh, when they were made in tobacco and smoked. Donovan had his temple opened and smoked the plants. Oh. Uh, He's become more crazy since then. Now he lives in the temple with with his nine most loyal men and 50 of the most beautiful Yantu women. Um, Is this an anti-drug apocalypse now rewrite? (laughs) Possibly. (laughs) where they worship the best Pictionary player they can possibly find. (laughs) Yes, apparently. Uh, He's made the old Yantu king, Kulu, his prisoner, and given orders that any white man trespassing in his kingdom is to be killed. That's racist. Mm -hmm. So that is why you ambushed us, you say thoughtfully. Why did your Yantu allies attack you and your companions? The man looks pale. Uh, there were 14 of us, but in your first fire, you hit two of my friends. The Yantu thought you were gods who could not be harmed by weapons, uh, but when they saw us bleed, they went crazy and turned on us. That is why I am here with you now, and my friends are not. The man begins to weep gently, and you turn away, contemplating all that you've heard. It is clear that Donovan has turned renegade, and if allowed to remain chief of the Yantu, he may incite them to war against any British expansion into this part of Marco. At the same time, your explorers are heavily outnumbered by the Yantu. The only thing you have on your side is their absolute terror of gunfire. You could return to Victoria with this news, but Donovan is so close to him now. Uh, you know you have no choice but to press on. Meet him and demand he return to you, with you to Victoria or face the retribution of the British Empire. Your thoughts are distracted by one of your men asking, What do we do with the three prisoners then, sir? Shoot them? 
we can order the renegades to be shot or we can order the renegades to be allowed to join our explorers Hmm. um note also that our explorers is 18 i was gonna say that's essentially three more health points (laughs) yeah basically um and i assume they can be trusted i don't think they really have anything to gain right yeah i don't think so so um i guess we'll let them join us our little club (gasps) you can join us but you cannot carry weapons you tell the men thank you god bless you one of them cries out in relief um but you shrug their thanks away the men are very helpful now that you have shared uh spared their lives showing you where a wrapped package of fish is in one of the cabins and also advising that you travel south then west toward the new paradise um as that is the direction most seldom taken and the one most least likely to be watched okay good to know uh you know from the prisoners reports that new paradise is somewhere to the southwest to the west the jungle thicket continues while to the south it remains a little thin and a stream runs through the jungle heading west you also know that you are entering yantu territory and there may be more hostile natives so we can go west into the thicket or south towards the stream Hmm. let's go exploring let's go in the thicket they advised going south and then west but if you want to be explorer e then we can go west first shall we charge forward into the teeth of the tribesmen the, the teeth of adventure yeah yeah okay let's do it all right west into the thicket you march on into the jungle but it is easier than you expected the Yantu have recently hacked a path through the thick undergrowth heading west before curving southwest. You and your explorers are wary of attack, and for a good reason. On the third day, the ambush comes. Without warning, a dozen dark-skinned natives come racing around the bend in the path, screaming their war cries and waving clubs. So, we can order the men to open fire, or we can try to make the Yantu warriors understand you mean them no harm. That's tough. Oh. We do have them outnumbered by almost two to one. Mm-hmm. So the odds are pretty good that we'll be able to kill them all. But I have a feeling we'll also lose three people. Yeah, probably. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh... Shit, Part that's... of me wants to try to make them understand we mean no harm. Yeah. But yeah. I feel like that might not work. I kind of want to try it anyway. Me too. Okay. I'm kind of in a sabotage mood. Okay. <laughs> let's do it. Stop, you shout to the natives, raising your hands. No fighting, oh. because obviously they understand English. <laughs> um, your words have precisely no effect whatsoever. Uh, the Yantu warriors find it impossible to believe white men who have killed so many Yantu in the past want peace now. Their warriors are practically upon your men when they open fire, hitting several. Uh, the rest keep running and shatter skulls and faces with their terrible clubs before being shot. All the Yantu are killed, but they claim the lives of three of your men. Wow. <laughs> what a surprise. <laughs> uh, the attack was short and bloody. And by the time it is over, your fellow explorers are already beginning to acquire the look of battlefield veterans. But weren't they veterans when we started? 
Maybe they were explorer veterans rather than killing people veterans. Maybe. Well, now they're everything veterans. Mm. Um, though no one says it, you know that your poor decision was responsible for the deaths of your three men. Graves are quickly dug, and leaving the dead Yansu where they fell, you march on. Yay. By evening, you have reached the edge of the jungle. Uh, below you, a plain sweeps down to the sea. Nestled between a cliff and the sea is the largest village of wooden huts you have ever seen. It is New Paradise, and tomorrow you will go there to meet Captain Donovan. Yay. And burn it All to right. the ground. Add one to your days and subtract one from your supplies. Okay. So we are at 24 days, mm-hmm. 18 explorers, and 12 supplies. The next morning, you assemble your remaining men. Every man checks to make sure his rifle is loaded and grimly shoulders his pack. You lead your weary but undaunted explorers down towards New Paradise and the sea, uh, aware of the fact that you have led them right across the island of Marco, no small undertaking. As you approach the village, you are aware of a great crowd of Yantu assembling at the edge of the village, and a dozen of them walk out of the crowd toward you. Uh Uh-oh. When this group gets closer, you can see that only two of the group are Yantu, an old, tired-looking man and a strong young warrior. All the rest are white and wearing the tattered remains of British Army uniforms. Their leader is short with dark hair and an almost skeletal look about him. The only thing that seems truly alive about him are his eyes, which have the intensity of an x-ray. He is smiling mockingly, as though finding this whole thing rather ridiculous. His white companions are a grim bunch and all hold rifles in their hands. Finally, your group and his stop at a short way apart. Why are you here? The white leader asks in an amused tone. Captain Donovan, you ask? And the man nods. Mm. Captain Donovan, I was sent to find you and your men by Governor Buford of Victoria. Uh, He would like you to return and make a full report on your travels and encounters. Captain Donovan sighs and shakes his head. How tedious. If I wrote... One down, perhaps you could take it back to him? My orders were to retrieve you, you snap back, losing your temper for the first time since coming to Marco. Uh, do not forget you are an officer and have responsibilities. Mm. Because you have been playing God out here, men's lives have been lost while I have been trying to find you. Also, my men have been attacked by yours under what I am told was your orders. I think you have a lot to answer for, and if you do not return with us peacefully, I will be compelled to make you return by force. Hmm. Um, yeah. It's getting awkward here. <laughs> uh, as your angry tones fade away, the two Yantu shift uneasily and chatter amongst themselves. King Kulu and his son Longa, <laughs> Donovan says dismissively, introducing them. He seems to be mulling your words carefully and suddenly offering a smile. He reaches into his pocket and produces a pair of thickly rolled cigars. <laughs> Have you encountered the magic plant yet? The ants who believe this is what gives the gods their strength, and I think we should smoke them while we talk. What do you think? You look at the two wrapped plant joints lying innocently in his hand. End of part one. So this is the end of our story. And like I said at the beginning, I guess this will be a part two eventually. Okay. But But I want to know. The bone-chilling cliffhanger of this story is... Whether or not we smoke the smoke Drugs. the magic the magic plant become <laughs> gods <laughs> i love how this ends on you won't get high <laughs> oh my god
<laughs> oh man. Author's note. I am afraid this is where the lost expedition ends and Donovan's curse will begin at this point with a choice between accepting and rejecting Donovan's magic cigars. There will be total continuity. The day's explorers and supplies numbers will remain the same. That's cool. Please let me know what you liked and what you didn't so I can take feedback on board when I come to publish the sequel. Finally, many thanks for taking time to read my scribbling. Okay. Aww. So, I guess, event. I'll try to keep an eye out for part two. Yeah. Um, it may not be for a little while, though. So We'll have to remember. Yes. Thanksgiving dinner, bowl of <laughs> spaghetti, crazy and Amazon man. Yeah. Percy Fawcett. Yeah. Yes. Oh. Well, that wasn't too bad, I think. No. No, that was good. No, no I like that one, one. None of us died. Yeah. Well, a lot of other people died. Oh, a died. lot of our people died. Three at a time. Yeah, but I mean, they didn't really have names. Uh, just a reminder, that was called The Lost Expedition by Will Eleven on ChooseYourStory.com. So if you listeners want to go play that, um, go play that. You can like us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash G-Y-O-W podcast. That stands for Go Your Own Way. And you can also find us on iTunes under the podcast section to search for Go Your Own Way. And we should be there, hopefully. So next week, I think it's Eric's turn? I believe yeah, that is. is correct. All right. So tune in next time to hear what devious things Eric has up his sleeve. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Whatever. Yeah, I'm just going to do card tricks. Yeah. Nice. Which, which, which will be trick. amazing to listen to on a podcast. Yeah. 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 All right. Well, see you listeners next time. Not literally, but whatever. And, uh, okay. Bye. The horror. Goodbye. The horror. Don't smoke the magic plants. <laughs> or do. It's your choice. <laughs> <laughs> looking for more magical podcasts like this one, visit hcn.tv. Thanks for listening.